This is Turning Left, a NASCAR podcast. Tune in each week for race recaps, race previews, winner predictions, gambling odds, and driver fantasy scores. Buckle up, hold your line, and keep turning left. Turning Left is back again for another week of NASCAR Cup Series coverage. I am your substitute host, Kalman. Today I'm going to be subbing for Dakota, who unfortunately cannot record with us this week. It's been an absolutely insane week this week. That's why we're recording so late. Um, But I'm definitely looking forward to having Dakota back with us next week when we go over the Bushy McBush Race 400, which is, uh, that's a name. (laughs) Um, so, uh, in this episode, I'm going to be going over the Geico 500, uh, not super in depth, but just, you know, some of the highlights of that, the point standings and so on and so forth. And then I'm going to be talking about the NASCAR cup series race at Kansas this weekend, the Bushy McBush race 400 going to give my driver predictions and, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and, and get right into this episode before we get to the Geico 500, I did want to talk about something that's you know pretty cool that's going to be happening this week in the NASCAR world. It's actually pretty substantial. On Wednesday, May 5th, NASCAR is going to be revealing the next-gen stock cars, which is going to be really cool. Um, a lot of uh, hype has been kind of surrounding these cars, you know, especially leading up to you know this this week coming up. So on Twitter this week, or Maybe it was on a different social network, but I happen to see it on Twitter. It appears that leaks of the next generation cars were kind of circulating. And I did look at them. I'm not sure if they're real. They looked pretty uh, convincing, honestly. And it showed the Camaro and it also showed the Mustang. Now, the Camaro looked more or less the same, but the Mustang definitely had a more like stock look. So very similar to what you'd see on the road. Um, it just seemed like it was like a wider body and I don't know it just seemed like wider and more stock like if that makes sense I know it's a great description but yeah I'm not sure if it's real or not a lot of jokes on Twitter people are saying that you know someone's about to get fired from NASCAR or whatever but yeah I'm not sure if it's you know either photoshopped or not but to me it seemed like it was pretty legit NASCAR didn't come out and like deny it or anything so Yeah, it kind of looks like that may have been the reveal, or at least, you know, part of it. So I guess, you know, if the cars have the same livery when we uh, we see them on Wednesday, then I guess it ended up being accurate. But yeah, there's a a lot of people are speculating that this is going to, you know, show us what a livery would look like on these cars. So obviously you're going to see, you know, how the manufacturers, um, you know, decals, you know, with the lights and the, um, you know, the emblems and all that. But a lot of people think they're actually going to have like, you know, mock paint schemes on them as well. So this is kind of kind of give us an idea of how the cars are going to look in terms of, you know, number placement and all that. So there was a post that Dale Earnhardt Jr. retweeted and he made like a comment about uh, on Twitter this week, which was actually on Dale Earnhardt's birthday. And somebody photoshopped a picture of Dale Earnhardt's car in the similar scheme of the last year's all-star uh, format. So like the orientation of the the last year's all-star race. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. said, 
this actually looks pretty badass or something like that. Or he said, this looks pretty cool. Um, something along those lines, which has kind of had fans just completely in a frenzy for the last, <laughs> last couple of days. So, and it actually didn't look bad. Like I think me and Dakota talked about this in one of the episodes where the, you know, the all-star race cars didn't really look bad. You know, obviously I think I prefer just having the number center in the door, but I mean, if it really makes a huge difference to sponsors to move the number back a little bit, as long as you're not distorting the number in like the, uh, you know, the wheel, the wheel well or anything like that. And as long as you're not making it tiny on the quarter panel, I really don't see a huge problem with it. You know, it, it kind of makes the cars look a little bit more modern when you shift the numbers back. It makes it look a little bit different, but you can also still see the numbers, which is, you know, a, a big deal. You know, we've talked about the, the changing paint schemes. We've talked about how, you know, driver identification is really important. And one of the most, you know, important things about it is to, you know, be able to see that number clearly because, you know, you have drivers driving completely different, you know, sponsored cars. You're not having, you know, somebody driving a single car, like maybe except like Joey Logano, um, who drives like the, you know, the shell car every week. So, you know, it's very important to have those numbers on the side for driver identification and be able to, you know, very clearly identify them out on the track. So as long as that isn't, you know, impeded on, I don't really see an issue with doing it that way. Um, so I guess on Wednesday, May 5th, we're going to kind of figure out if that's a direction that they're going to go. Personally, I think that is, but I guess, you know, we'll have to wait and see. So now we head on to the Geico 500 race results. Um, not going to go over the entire lineup. I don't think that's really necessary, but uh, it was a crazy race. You know, I think one of the biggest highlights of the race was when Joey Logano ended up flipping. Um, this is pretty early on in the race. And, uh, you know, he obviously was not very happy about it. But uh, a lot of things happened in, in that moment. Um, one, it, it looks like he got clipped by Denny Hamlin, who just couldn't seem to keep himself off of the other cars during this race, um, which, you know, sent him around these big spoilers just kind of help aid the car, you know, flip in that, that situation. So, you know, you saw, I think Joey Logano's car sliding down. I think he tagged William Byron in the side and then he, uh, you know, was flipping in the air and Bubba Wallace's camera angle is just absolutely insane from the, the driver's seat. You just see this car just flying towards him. Somehow it looks like he did make contact with Bubba Wallace but somehow Bubba Wallace kept driving and he actually ended up winning the uh, the next stage after that occurred, which was really shocking. Like there was a lot of times in this race where it just seems like cars shouldn't have been as good as they were. Bubba Wallace's car, I just don't think it should have been able to survive that in, in that way. But somehow he did. Definitely just a, a crazy point in the race. Joey Logano um, made a comment after the he was you know interviewed after that crash, and he just said you know it's something that they're going to have to change, and you know he was really just one bad hit away from being in a similar situation that Ryan Newman was in. I think later in the week some images surfaced of his uh, his driver's net, and it was torn. You know the the roof is kind of knocked in quite a bit, and Joey Logano is pretty tall, so I mean his head is you know pretty close to that roof. Um, yeah, he, he definitely wasn't happy and you know, that is something they're going to have to look into and NASCAR did say that they will look into that, but it doesn't seem like any changes are going to be made to that speedway package this year. So maybe, you know, for next year, something will change. 
Now, besides that, though, the racing did seem pretty entertaining. You know, we had just some some crazy moments. And, you know, the race winner, Brad Keselowski, in that um, that wreck that involved, you know, Logano flipping over, he actually got some damage in that um, wreck as well. So both William Byron and Brad Keselowski, um, you know, experienced some damage uh, during that sequence of events, which was, uh, you know, that, that seemed like that was going to be a big deal. And it ultimately didn't end up being as such. Now, Denny Hamlin ended up getting, I believe, like a double speeding penalty or something, which um, ended up putting him a, a lap down. And this was like towards the end of stage two, I believe. And he was, I mean, he was clearly the free pass car. He was only down a lap, I believe. And for some reason, he was just dead set on trying to drive his car to the front. It's like, once you get to the front, you're not going anywhere. Like, that's why it was so, it was so interesting to me. And I'm not sure if he was just trying to get up to the front. So, you know, he wasn't in like that danger zone. But really, just the way he was driving towards the end of that stage, it, it really didn't make sense to me. Like, I'm not sure if he was trying to prove a point or what. Because as far as I know, at the end of the stage, if you're the, you know, the closest lap down car to the front, you get the free pass. So I don't really understand his logic in trying to drive his car to the front and being super aggressive when really he could have just stayed in line and been fine. And he would have got his lap back and he wouldn't have risked his car. He was driving extremely aggressively for really no reason and he ended up, you know, driving up into looked like Martin Truex Jr. spun him around, which, you know, resulted in both William Byron and Alex Bowman to kind of cling together. And they went into the grass. Chase Elliott was involved as well. Um, it looks like Alex Bowman kind of just destroyed his splitter once he hit the grass. Um, William Byron's car had heavy damage. Well, not really heavy damage, but had considerable damage on, you know, the side of his car. And he somehow didn't tear the splitter up, which was, you know, kind of crazy to think about how, you know, both of them went. And I guess it was really just the angle or maybe just luck that, um, you know, caused him to not have that damage that Bowman had. It just seemed really unnecessary, though, for Hamlin to race that way. And he ended up, you know, tearing up the side of his car and his day was essentially over at that point. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what he was thinking. He could have just, you know, raced a little bit more conservatively. And, you know, he probably would have been in the mix at the end of the race to have a shot to win. Now, the end of the race is really interesting because, you know, we're talking about, you know, a track that is really heavily reliant on aerodynamics. And all the tracks are to some degree. But, you know, usually you don't typically see damaged cars do well. And it just seems like um, towards the end of the race, you know, you see William Byron coming back up the field. And he was able to you know, get his way up there. So with one lap to go, uh, William Byron was pushing Michael McDowell and they almost caught Brad Keselowski and won the race. And And Brad Keselowski kind of lucked out because Matt Benedetto moved up to go with um, Ryan Blaney, which ended up being the not right move to make during that time. So William Byron was pushing Michael McDowell. Michael McDowell almost was able to pass him. I think he moved up a little bit too soon and Byron wasn't really able to follow him and then Byron just kind of had a fall in line with Brad Keselowski. Uh, after the race, William Byron, who ended up coming in second in this race, said that due to the damage, the car just could not really run well in clean air, but he could still run in the draft as a pushing car. 
um, and still be really, you know, fast doing so. So really, he didn't really have a great shot to win that race. He just didn't have enough momentum. And, you know, you probably have a situation where, you know, it was possible for him to do so. But it's just weird, you know, at a, at a track that's so reliant on aerodynamics, having the damage that he had and still being able to hang in there. It's just really, it's just really strange. You just don't typically see that in these, these types of races. And even Brad Kozlowski, who also, you know, had some damage as well. Definitely not something that you're, you're typically seeing um, at, at, you know, the super speedways. If you get into a crash, I mean, that's pretty much it. You're usually not a factor for the rest of the race. So I guess they, they maintained their cars just well enough where they were still functioning well. Brad Keselowski didn't look like he had a ton of damage on his car, but it's, uh, you know, you just never know. You don't know how that's going to affect the handling of the car or, you know, how well it does in the draft. So it's, uh, it's really impressive. Brad Keselowski ended up winning that race. William Byron extends his streak to, I believe, eight top tens in a row which is a record for Hendrick since like, I think oh, I can't even remember the year now. I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it, but he's, uh, he's doing very well this year. This is a pretty big breakout year for William Byron. So definitely exciting to see. And of course, Brad Keselowski gets his first win of the season and uh, things, things are going to get pretty interesting here in the, uh, the championship running. So just a look at the point standings going into Kansas Number one, we have Denny Hamlin, who is really, he has so many more points than everyone else. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, then you have Martin Truex Jr., second. Third, you have Joey Logano. Fourth, you have William Byron. Fifth, you have Ryan Blaney. Sixth, Brad Kozlowski. Seventh, Kevin Harvick. Eighth, Chase Elliott. Ninth, Kyle Larson. Tenth, Christopher Bell. So definitely, uh, definitely interesting. Um, once again, I can't stress enough how impressed I am with William Byron. I, I have to say, I'm really confused as to why they didn't really interview William Byron on like you know post race coverage. I thought that was kind of strange. I guess he had a different um, you know media press conference, which you know he was talking about, but it was strange. Yeah, the the lack of coverage for William Byron on the the you know the broadcast is just kind of kind of puzzling. I'm not really sure what happened with that. So definitely definitely interesting. So now we move on to the Bushy McBush 400. Uh, this is going to be a Kansas Motor Speedway this Sunday. And we already have the starting grid. We'll go ahead and read the top 10. So starting on the front row is going to be Brad Keselowski and William Byron. Then we have Michael McDowell and Kevin Harvick. Then we have Matt D. Benedetto and Austin Dillon. Then we have Ryan Blaney and Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, and Cole Custer. So definitely interesting. You know, we definitely have some some drivers to watch. So interesting thing about Kansas is that six drivers won the last seven Kansas races, and the only one to repeat during that stretch is Denny Hamlin, who is looking for his first win this week. When it comes to the uh, betting favorites, Denny Hamlin is leading that with 5-1, to one, and his teammate, Martin Truex Jr., is... Six to one. Kyle Larson is seven to one. Brad Keselowski seventeen to two. Chase Elliott nine to one. And then for you know potential sleeper drivers here, Alex Bowman makes sense at eighteen to one. Um, definitely look at that because he is uh, he's pretty good at these style of tracks and he's also pretty good at Kansas as well. Um, so definitely look forward to him looking for his second win of the season. 
um, because he could definitely be a big factor this week. So here's an interesting storyline heading into Kansas, and this is actually coming right off NASCAR.com's website, and I'll just go ahead and quote it. Hendrick Motorsports' William Byron is on the verge of history at Kansas with a chance at becoming the youngest driver ever with a nine-race top 10 streak. The record is currently held by Jeff Gordon at 24 years and 22 days. Byron enters the weekend with a three-race streak of top 10 finishes at Kansas. So he definitely has um, you know, potential to win the race this weekend. And, um, you know, it's going to definitely be interesting to see what he does. He's really been the most consistent Hendrick driver so far this year. And he's just shown a lot of speed. So, you know, definitely look out for him to be a factor this weekend at the Bushy McBush 400. Um, So now I'm going to go ahead and go over my race predictions and my fantasy lineup that I have selected. So here's my fantasy lineup for this week. I'm going to have William Byron as uh, the starter in my one slot, then I'm going to have Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman, and Chase Elliott. For the winner this week, I'm going to go ahead and select William Byron. I think that he is just being you know, extremely consistent this year. This is already a track that he was really good at, and the last track that we went to where Byron is really good at was Homestead, and I just think that he's going to have some serious speed this week at Kansas. Um, and they're going to not only, um, you know, break that record that Jeff Gordon has of the um, that, you know, nine race top 10 streak. William Byron's going to be wind up in victory lane this week. I just have a really good feeling about that. So definitely look out for William Byron to uh, to bring it home this week. And for Dakota's predictions, because he's not here, I'm going to go ahead and just make a race winner prediction to see if it happens Um, So for Dakota's prediction, I'm going to go ahead and select Anthony Alfredo. Um, One, because I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, I think we'll both have a really good laugh about it. So Dakota has selected, uh, per me, (laughs) Anthony Alfredo to uh, to pull off an unbelievably shocking victory here at the Bushy McBush Race 400. Imagine that being your only race win ever. Oh, what race did you win? I won the Bushy McBush Race 400 at Kansas Motor Speedway. So that is the predictions for this week. So definitely look forward to our episodes next week. Until next time, we will see you later.